Hey, we get it. You don't want to be hearing a progressive commercial right now. So let us tell you something you do want to hear. You are powerful. You're a warrior who bathes in your enemy's tears. Then you step out of that refreshing tear bath and into a bathrobe that somehow looks good on you. Yeah, you can pull off a robe. There. Don't you feel better? You'll also feel better when you save money for driving safely with Snapshot from Progressive. Mmm, savings you can use to buy more robes. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Snapshot not available in California, North Carolina, or from all agents. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, you know what I'm going to this, Eagle Eyes on Tech, I am Eagle Falcon. This is going to be the last news-based episode of 2019. And uh, somehow as a result, we have a whole lot of weird stories. And I do mean weird stories. And some scary ones, like Visa. The actual company, Visa, warning users that there are exploits on several different brands of gas pumps, allowing information to be skimmed from the gas pumps when you pay at the pump. Oh, Boy, because, you know, I I didn't need an additional thing to worry about while I'm going full-blown tinfoil hat. Oh, no, no, no. Now I need to worry about if our data is being skimmed while pumping gas. Yay! So, I mean, there's there's two easy ways that I can think off the top of my head to avoid this sort of thing. I mean, first off, even though it's an additional step, and as someone who drives for a living and, yeah, doesn't want to waste any additional time, do you really want to be the guy to be responsible for having the company uh, fuel card being breached? One easy way, go inside and prepay. The vulnerability itself is on the software that runs the pump. If you prepay, Then it's on the internal systems, and those vary a lot more than what's on the pump. So there's one way. Another way, and it's one that I already do without realizing it, is using either Samsung Pay, Apple Pay, or any service like that. I'm not saying just those two. Those are just the first two that pop in my head. Because all these services, what they do is that they make a temporary card that is only authorized for the amount rather than sending the actual number responsible for your debit card or credit card. So if they get that dummy number, it does them no good because it only had the the 35 bucks you put on to pump to fill your tank. So there you go. Now, one other thing to point out is that this exploit may not work on chip cards. So if you have a card that you have to insert and leave in the pump 
for a bit and then take out, you should on paper be safe because that does use a special kind of encryption. If you use a mag, if you use a, a swipe card, um, first off, what year is this? I thought those cards are, are supposed to be all gone, but I digress. Those are more likely to be vulnerable to this kind of attack. Now, Visa themselves says that only the swipe cards, the ones with mag strips, are vulnerable to it. I am not going to go, I'm not going to let you feel that safe. Because when push comes to shove, the only advantage a chip card has is a form of encryption. They can still steal the encrypted data. And then it's only a matter of time until they find a way to break the encryption. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm just telling you what the reality is. So there you go. One more thing to keep in mind. Now, let's shift gears. Let's talk about content creators for a second. YouTube's in a bit of a rough spot. You first start off with the entire thing about them going, hey, you content creators out there, in addition to trying to dodge the giant barrels hurtling toward you that is copyright claims, which, by the way, has gotten so much worse now that certain games are actually trying to copyright their in-game music. It is, I mean, yes, a lot of that music is amazing. Those artists should be compensated for their work. But holy cow, if you try to be a Let's Player that showcases in-game music, you are doomed. Just straight up, you're doomed. I can't count how many copyright claims I've had as of recently just on my old Undertale videos. Not even like a mainstream game. Undertale! Because Toby Fox has all of his in-game music now copyrighted. I love his work, but holy cow, you're killing me. Killing me. The Final Fantasy games are also following suit soon. It's already begun with them. Heck, my entire Final Fantasy 13 playthrough still has a ton of copyright claims from Square Enix. Copyright flagging the cutscenes. I kid you not. You want to talk about a dying breed, gamers on YouTube. It's going to be gone soon. So you have that. Then, after that, you're told by YouTube, if you are in any way risque or vulgar in any way, shape, or form, if you are not kid-friendly... You will be demonetized. So in addition with large chunks of the revenue I don't make off my videos being taken by either copyright trolls 
or the original video game developers. Now, if I was frustrated and swear and swore, up oh, that's it, demonetized. You made a rude joke or a lewd joke, demonetized. Wonderful. Then, after that, you have the COPPA incident we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Where if your videos are too kid-friendly, and you dare to say, well, my video is for kids, I suppose. Well, guess what? Now no ads will run on your video. So now you're no longer in a demonetized state. You will get nothing You actually truly are demonetized. And then after that, you have something that YouTube implemented themselves. All of this up to this point was outside circumstances affecting YouTube. YouTube then, after all that, put in the policy of saying that if if we find your video too mean that it might be offensive to one person or hurtful to anyone it will be gone your video your video will be deleted and your account will have a strike against it Will what's considered mean? Whatever YouTube wants. I kid you not. The policy put in for this is so vague that it actually makes me legitimately wonder if a video of mine would get taken down for making fun of a fictional character. Because that's how open ended the 23 pages of technical jargon that says nothing is for this rule. So many YouTubers are kind of wondering what their future is. Well, you know what one of the biggest YouTubers, PewDiePie, said about it? I need a break from this nonsense. PewDiePie publicly said that he will not be making any videos in 2020. No word if he's going to continue streaming on DLive, which, uh, not going to lie, I'm not sure what the status of DLive is nowadays. It There's a decent chance it doesn't exist. I kid. I I know it exists, but I have no idea how many people are on it. Honestly, DLive as a whole, that whole place just seems like the sketchiest site ever. I feel like I'm on, like, AliExpress or some other super sketchy Harvest Your Data website. Now, to be clear, I am not a fan of PewDiePie. If anything, I am a critic of PewDiePie. But the fact that you have one of the biggest 
Let's Play YouTube quote-unquote stars saying, I'm out? That says a lot about YouTube. Now, I can't say that it's about everything I just said. But it's extremely difficult not to take that into consideration. Okay, well, if my future on YouTube is very hazy, how about I go over to Facebook? Well, if you do go over to Facebook for uh, for live streaming, by the way, what is wrong with you? And then second, I hope you don't plan on glorifying guns in any sort of first-person shooters or Final Fantasy VIII, for that fact, or any kind of vaping. Yes, vaping. Facebook and Instagram ban guns and vaping on their websites. Now, their policy says this only applies to influencers, but here's the thing. When it comes to Facebook and Instagram, it is whatever you post, whether you are a big a, a big influencer or just grandma. You are the content and your everything is up for sale for anyone else such as, say, we'll say Juul, one of the biggest vape companies in existence, to use for advertising. So basically, this ban on influencers promoting guns and vaping, whether you realize it or not, basically is a site-wide ban. Yes, this is the problem. Now, honestly, guns, you know, okay, I get it. I get why Facebook would want to put an end to that. So many controversial streams on Facebook have been done by clearly insane people who had so many problems, it's not even funny. I get why the ban on guns. Personally, I'm actually surprised it wasn't in place, oh, I don't know, years ago. But vaping? Really? The tool that has actually helped countless smokers switch from deadly cigarettes to a method that will undoubtedly expand their extend their lifespan. Yes, I get that vaping is the new scapegoat. Because, of course, we go ahead and sell illegal, I want to understate that, illegal vaping devices with chemicals in them that cannot be sold. Because those are being sold in the streets, we must demonize all vaping. That's actually the problem I have with this. And to be clear, no, I don't think <laughs> I don't think vaping should be unrestricted to anyone. No, of course not. I do believe you need to be a certain age to 
to buy it at least the same age as you would a cigarette. But the thing is that we're treating vaping like it's worse than smoking. And that's where I have a problem with this. And then on top of that, we have a whole bunch of other things on Facebook we're just going to let slide. None of which I'm going to talk about here because then my email is going to fill up with all sorts of Oh, well, we should ban this political party and that and the other thing. And I'm not going to get down there. The point is that Facebook has a problem with the content on its site. There's a reason I don't market this podcast or anything that I work on on Facebook. I haven't signed in on Facebook in either over a year or years, plural. Because my entire feed is going to be nothing but garbage. Just hot, useless garbage. That, and I'm sure whatever I post on there before has already been sold a thousand times. And forget it. Facebook's not going to sell any any more of my stuff. Granted, there are so many breaches within Facebook. I'm sure everything about me is leaked out to frickin'... I'd say Russia, but um, what, what, what's a more obscure... Nigeria or something. I'm sure the rest of the world knows everything. All right, so you got that going. Well, it's clearly there's got to be something going on elsewhere, right? Well, I present to you this lawsuit... Twitch is being sued by the Russian firm Rambler Group for 2.1 billion pounds or euros. I'm honestly not sure which. I was told pounds, but I'm 90. It it doesn't matter. The point is Twitch is being sued for 2.1 foreign dollars. It is pounds. Okay. I was right the first time. 2.1 billion pounds. For supposedly breaching Rambler Group's exclusive right to broadcast the Premier League 36,000 times in the span of three months between August and November. There's just a couple problems with this. First off, Twitch doesn't broadcast anything. I mean, okay, they broadcast a few things. They broadcast their This Week in Twitch program on the Twitch channel. They broadcast some, and I want to emphasize some, esports coverage. Most esports coverage is actually broadcast by the leagues themselves. And they also do broadcast some uh, TV show marathons. Which, of course, they work with the producers of the TV show to make those happen. Oh, I know. There's one more. They do have an agreement with the NFL to to, uh, broadcast Thursday Night Football on Twitch. 
then they bring on some of their bigger streamers to go commentate on it. That covers less than 1% of what's broadcasted on the Twitch platform. Twitch itself broadcasts very little. What they need to do is get a hold of the various little this, that's, and the nobodies who are illegally broadcasting on the platform. Twitch, as a platform, is not responsible for that. And it's actually very clear what's going on here because they're seeking the money and damages. They're also trying to have Twitch no longer be able to provide services to all of Russia. The other thing that's kind of noteworthy here is that the only thing they provide is the number of times their exclusive right to broadcast have been breached. They don't say the hours, and they don't say how many views were stolen because of these breaches. That tells you everything you need to know about this lawsuit. This lawsuit's going to end one of two ways. One, it's going to end with a with a fraction of the money being paid in a settlement. Oh, here's here's the actual number because it seemed weird that it was in pounds. The actual suits for 180 billion rubles. See, I knew it was weird that um that it was in pounds. And of course, the reason it's in pounds is because my source here is the BBC. All of a sudden, finding one line makes everything make sense. Anyway, I digress. It's either going to end with maybe 5% of that being paid as a settlement, which is probably the most likely scenario. A small percentage of that being paid is going to make these trolls go away and make it and basically just say, all right, here, this is better than actually going to court and paying lawyers and whatnot. Or this is going to result in it actually going to court, Rambler Group losing more likely than not, and then Rambler Group being sued for legal damages. From what we can tell, and from what I have here, they don't have a good case. Now, what actually is a good case, though, is this software contractor. Where this guy, who has a name that I am currently looking up, David A. Tinley a 62-year-old software engineer provided code to several different companies, but he intentionally put in what we call logic bombs. 
these logic bombs are placed in a way so that the software glitches out and breaks periodically so that then the company has to go back to the guy who originally won it, who, who was originally there, and then pay him to fix it. This is basically the software equivalent of the mechanic removing your brake pads so that you got to go back to the mechanic and replace the brakes you broke. However, we do actually know how this went down. In the U.S. District Court for the Western District of Pennsylvania, the man was sentenced to six months in prison, a fine of $7,500, and to pay restitution to all parties that were damaged by this, which is a grand total and this total is staggering. $42,262.50 that this guy has to pay to the companies that he took for a ride. It's stories like that that just make you smile and nod and go, Good thing some some jerk actually got punished for once for trying to go and take advantage. Kind of like I hope that the guy who was responsible for yet another ring camera breach is also punished. And this one's actually fascinating. Not because of what happened, but because of ring's response. What happened was that a hacker got into an entire ring security system and began to use the speakers built into it to call out the the um the single woman who was living inside the home rather disturbing things it first started off with basic with basic things yo What's up? How was your day? And then, of course, if that wasn't weird enough, it is then dialed up to a 20 out of 10 by doing what any creepo would do and say, why don't you show some, and then fill in the blank. Just fill in the blank. Whatever you want, just imagine whatever you fill the blank in with, it is going to be terrible. Ring's answer to this, though, is that these breaches have only happened because people used weak passwords on their accounts. We've had so many of these now, I'm legitimately starting to wonder if that is the case. Is this a fact? Is this a matter of bad password management? 
Or is there something else going on here? Here's what I'll say. The fact that so many of these breaches have happened with Ring, I would just not get a Ring system until <laughs> until the next update to it. Until we know that things are more stable and more secure. I'm so glad that this webpage started making noise. That was fantastic. I hope it never does that again. Anyway, if you do have one of these systems already, if you have any way to enable two-factor authentication, do it. Whether it's your PayPal account, any sort of banking account, or anything involving security, Two-factor authentication. I cannot stress that enough. We're going to take a break here when we come back. I have more Facebook news, and it's going to be great.
Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. So, the Pixel 4. It turns out there's some weirdness going on on the inside when it comes to handling accessories. Apple devices are usually notorious for refusing to work with anything other than certified Apple devices, despite the fact that the ports are, in fact, standard. So, for example, if you take a MacBook and you use a USB-C thumb drive, there is a halfway decent chance it is not going to work, even if you format it correctly, because it is not, quote, Apple certified. The T2 security chip will reject it. It is one of the biggest problems I have currently with the Mac ecosystem. And this sort of thing does apply to the iOS ecosystem as well. Although there, it's a bit harder to use non-authorized devices because, of course, Apple loves their lightning port. Apple is also the only one who likes their lightning ports. No one else with a working brain likes the lightning port. And if you think you like the lightning port, you are incorrect. I know everyone's entitled to their, to their own opinion, and you are a free-thinking human being, but if you like the lightning port that Apple puts on their devices, you are wrong. Period. It's one of the few times when you are actually wrong. It is an incorrect opinion. But I digress. The Pixel 4, however, has something similar going on. Certain USB cables and devices are refusing to work with the Pixel 4 for unknown reasons. The issue is still currently being looked into, and Google has not made an official statement as of yet. But it is unknown at this time whether these devices just lack a certain kind of authentication or not. But basically, here's the kind of test they're doing. USB cables that say, for example... I use pretty like any sort of USB-C cable I can use on my Galaxy S10, a phone I have a love-hate relationship with, but any USB-C cable works with it. Some of those cables might not work with the Pixel 4. The only assumption some people have is that those USB-C cables are USB 2 instead of USB 3. But other than that, no one is certain what is going on. And as of the time I am reporting on this right now, no one knows why. And I suspect we're not going to find out, unfortunately, until next year. Because getting this close now to the holiday season, a lot of these PR departments go on a week-long break. In fact, actually, a lot of of 
pretty much any tech company right now, if they are working right now, there there's only one thing on their mind. C E S. That's the only thing on their mind. That's coming up very soon. So the people who might be focused on, oh, let's go and tell people why the USB cables don't work. They're too busy working on their new cool drone. So just a word of warning. Cheap cables, they might not work on the Pixel 4. And we don't know if it's a safety thing or a Google's up to something thing. That being said, though, if you do have an Android device and you've been bothered for an update, uh, you better update it. Because it turns out there was a data loss bug in Chrome for Android. Chrome is the default browser on almost every single Android device. And apparently there's been a pretty big bug that can cause you to lose large chunks of your data and not just data that is stored in Chrome, other data on the phone, like contacts, music, pictures, anything, even whole programs could be lost because of this bug. Fortunately, Chrome version 79 .0.3945.93 fixes this problem. If you do not remember any of the numbers I just said, just remember Chrome 79. Update to it. Like, I'm usually one to say don't update until you know it's stable. I'm telling you, update it. Do it. You should also update because it is quite possibly the apocalypse. Amazon, Apple, Google, and some company called Zigbee. I'm not exactly sure who Zigbee is, but it doesn't matter. All four of them are working together. And just the thought of Amazon, Apple, and Google all working together is clearly a sign that the four horsemen, who might also be called Amazon, Apple, Google, and Zigbee, are upon us and the world will end soon. All four of these companies are are working together to create a brand new smart home standard. And then once you remind yourself that Amazon has their Echo ecosystem you almost caught me saying the a word for their smart home system apple has their home kit system and google has everything they all have their own independent worlds and they have been pushing hard to make it the new band-aid the new kleenex the new go-to for smart homes And now all three of them have decided that their own proprietary world should be tossed aside 
and we should all embrace an open platform. Again, I think we actually do need to check to see if this is the end of days. On top of that, there are other people who are in this as well, besides Amazon, Apple, Google, and Zigbee. Other smaller partners are IKEA, Legrand, NXP Semiconductors, Residio, Samsung SmartThings, Schneider Electronics, Signify, who is the company behind the Philips Hue lighting, Silicon Labs, Sumphy, and... Woolian. Actually, you know what? Never mind. This can't be the apocalypse. If this was the apocalypse, Huawei would be in there too. Maybe that's who they're all joining forces against. Nah. That's probably not worth it. The goal is, when push comes to shove, to have a system that will be the go-to and we'll we'll see. I wouldn't expect anything out of this alliance, though, until, I'd say, what, 2021? That seems more realistic. Let's talk about Facebook. Facebook is making some big moves. They have acquired Play Giga. The end goal is clear. Play Giga wants to make a Google Stadia. I hope if they are going to be making a Google Stadia that it doesn't suck. Like, first off, if you learn anything from me, learn that Google Stadia is terrible and you should not under any circumstances get it at all. But the fact that Facebook is try- is trying to do do this as well and Google couldn't even make it work. I have very little faith that Facebook is going to make it work either. So I mean, it's clear that Facebook wants to make a cloud gaming service and it's going to be awful because cloud 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 gaming surf- services aren't ready yet. But we'll see, we'll see. You know, I'm just going to say, you shouldn't do this because A, cloud gaming is awful and you shouldn't do it. And B, it's Facebook. And you shouldn't do anything Facebook is involved with because Facebook. But you know, just to make matters even worse, in an in a, another section of Facebook, Facebook is trying to build their own operating system for both their virtual reality headsets, aka the Oculus devices, and to make a Facebook phone. Which, by the way, if you get a Facebook phone, you truly are lost. And you have truly learned nothing from me. And I won't be mad. I will just be so, so, so greatly disappointed. Don't disappoint me. 
Don't get a Facebook phone. Just don't. But yeah, their own operating system. What could possibly go wrong? It's not like Facebook has ever botched software before. When has Facebook ever, ever botched anything? Oh, wait, no, never mind. Um, They botched something software on December 19th. When 267 million Facebook user IDs and phone numbers were exposed online. Every week, almost every week, I cover a new breach, a brand new way that Facebook fails in its one job, its one job to keep your data secure so they can sell it to someone else later. And they fail at that. Don't use Facebook. And heck, these are only the big breaches. Who knows how many other smaller breaches I don't cover. Now, make sure you write this down. This will be on the test. Let's be honest, though. The test for this podcast is going to be very simple. You send me an email that says, I will not use Facebook. See, my class is the easiest one to get an A in. Here's something else to learn with. That whole blue light thing? Yeah, you know how um, there was a big push a couple of years ago to have every single phone monitor and operating system have a blue light filter so everything comes up orangish and is much easier to read at night and doesn't cause eye damage or keep you awake late at night. It turns out, according to studies from the Manchester University, granted their test was with mice, they were able to prove that There is no difference between how your brain interprets blue and yellow light. Blue light, yes, is harsher and keeps you more awake, but also yellow light, which is on the opposite spectrum of blue light, gives off the same sort of signals to your brain as a sunrise and also helps keep you awake. So this whole time, it turns out it was a placebo effect. Or humans work differently than mice. So you know what? This will not be on the test. There also won't be a test because I ain't grading anything. Shifting gears kind of radically, we turn to Honda, who has made a new steering wheel for self-driving cars. Which raises the question, why? Why would you do that? 
It's a self-driving car. Why does it have a steering wheel? <laughs> this is what gets me. It's a steering wheel specifically designed for the car to be self-driving, which means I shouldn't need to touch the steering wheel. But if there is a steering wheel there, that means it is drivable. So then it's not a fully self-driving car. Which then makes me wonder, why make a unique steering wheel for self-driving cars? It it is just (laughs) the entire thing on paper in its core premise just makes me want to tear out my hair. And that's actually how I got my hair cut. I actually didn't go to a stylist. I just thought about this this morning and I just tore out enough of my hair that it actually became shorter. By the way, that was sarcasm. (laughs) But there you go. We'll be seeing more of this and how it works at CES 2020. So maybe, just maybe, this will make sense in a couple weeks. But I kind of doubt that. That being said, though, another thing we should be seeing more of soon, TM is Cadillac showing off a 38-inch Curve OLED display in their new vehicles. This one specifically for the Escalade, which I think is Cadillac's SUV. I'm not going to lie. I'm not familiar with the Cadillac uh, car names off the top of my head. But the whole the the core concept of this is rather than using a standard sized infotainment display and then another display for the gauges, it is just one big display starting from where the gauge cluster would start and go all the way over to the infotainment section. So when I say 38 inch curved OLED, it is not a 16 by 9 display. There is not going to be a TV inside your Cadillac Escalade, which Megalith in the chat just confirmed says I was right. It is, in fact, the SUV from Cadillac. The one I'm probably never going to buy. I mean, I'm not I'm not going to lie. If, if I end up having enough money to get something like that, it ain't going to be an SUV. Like, for me, it'd either be a sports car, like a Tesla Roadster or something, or it'd be a big old screw-off pickup truck. It's going to be one of the two. I'm not going to settle for, like, some middle ground SUV thing. It's either go big or go home, or go effective or go home. It is absolutely not going to be a Cybertruck. Not in its current form. No. No. Bad chat. (laughs) There is no way. Oh, the freaking Cybertruck. You you know what actually ticks me off about the Cybertruck now that we're getting on that topic kind of by accident? The fact that people are justifying its existence. Like the entire, like the entire internet had the right reaction. Wow, that thing is weird. Wow, why would you do this, that, or the other thing? That makes no sense. The design is kind of silly. 
parts of this seem hilariously impractical. It costs how much for a, for a single LCD in the middle? Where's the gauge cluster? There is only a few things about the Cybertruck I actually like. One, the tailgate unfolding into a ramp is brilliant. And absolutely, one of the other pickup truck makers should absolutely steal that idea. The other thing is the roll-up shutter door being used, that, that design being used as a cover for the bed. That's the only two things, in my opinion, the Cybertruck did right. That being said, I, I, I think I mentioned this on, it was either on Eagle Eyes on Tech or it was on the Early Bird Briefing. But the fact that there's a decent chance the current Cybertruck is going to end up being a Class 5 truck does say that this truck is going to have to go through some serious changes if it wants to be a consumer-level vehicle. Because, I mean, Class 5, you God, you alter that vehicle too much, and all of a sudden you need a CDL to drive it. Like, let that sink in for a second. That's how close you are. Here's the thing. Anyone can drive a a truck up to a class six. Once it's class seven, you need a CDL. It is only a couple tons away from being a class seven. Just saying. And there's some things they had to strip out of the vehicle, like mirrors. You're going to need mirrors. You're going to need a different steering wheel. If you're going to be a class five, you need a bigger steering wheel than what they have in there right now. The Cybertruck's not going to launch the way it is. The Escalade, however, is going to launch in 2021 with this bigger OLED display. We will most likely see it at CES. This OLED display is also most likely going to be in their electric version of the Escalade. That is also going to be seen soon, most likely shown at CES. So with that, we're going to take a quick break here. When we come back, all the weird stuff, including gaming socks. Yeah, you heard me.
Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. Autonomous vehicles have gotten a green light in California for actual commercial use, not just for testing use. The company Neuro specifically is using light-duty autonomous vehicles to do deliveries. The vehicles cannot weigh more than five tons, so only Class 1 and Class 2 trucks get this permit. This means the Cybertruck is not allowed. Yeah, you heard me. So these are basically minivans, small pickup trucks, utility vans, step vans, blah, 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 blah. The ones that are being shown off are very odd-looking, almost like a large toy car that will do all the deliveries with a LiDAR built on it. But there you go. This is no longer... In the testing phase, this is actually now being used in the real world. Hopefully, it all goes well. And in an alternate reality, we have self-charging headphones. JBL started a campaign on Indiegogo because... JBL is, of course, a very small company and requires crowd support to work on their gimmicky world-changing device. Or, you know, JBL had no faith in this project and wanted to use other people's money instead of their own to make this real. The JBL Reflect are headphones with a solar panel built into the headband and charge the internal battery that way in addition to charging via USB. The idea is nice and all. I My problem is the fact they went to Indiegogo to make this happen. You're JB freaking L! Why are you crowdsourcing? Oh, whatever. But there you have it. Solar charging headphones. Chad is making the argument that they went to Indiegogo to bypass the stores in general. Then make your own store. It's not hard. Uh. Anyway, shifting gears radically, Samsung has leaked out images of a new style of foldable phone. After the Galaxy Fold kind of, sort of flopped, not really, but did. Like, that's kind of the weird thing. The, the Fold technically wasn't a failure, but holy cow, the perception of the Fold is bad. But it was still technically a, a, full, uh, a, uh, a successful phone, but I digress. 
the new totally unique design that no one has ever thought of before by done by Samsung features a phone that flips in the middle to reveal a full size standard phone with a punch hole display cutout at the very top. When it's folded in half, it does have an outward display that you can use without opening it. Very akin to, say, a Motorola Razor, except on the inside it has a major phone screen. Man, this is a great original idea. If only someone thought of this first. But oh well, there you have it. Samsung, who has a totally new, unique idea that they definitely didn't steal from the new Motorola Razor that's $1,500. Oh, for crying out loud. Does anyone have original ideas anymore? Anyone? No? Okay. Just had to check. Oh, no, I can't. Nope, Megalith in the chat does have a good point. Elon Musk does have original ideas. The problem is that his original ideas are bad. Bloomberg is reporting that Apple is researching ways to have satellites beam data directly to the iPhone rather than going through servers. Wait, what? I'm sorry, what? (laughs) What? What? Okay. There is an advantage to this. They're not the way that they're thinking. Like, people are thinking, oh, we can bypass using the internet by instead Apple launching their own satellites so that information goes, instead of from servers to internet to phone, go from servers to satellite to phone. I mean, heck, I mean... It would solve a lot of connection problems. It'd basically mean that every iPhone could, in some minor way, be a satellite phone. It actually would be very helpful to customers in, say, the Rocky Mountains area, where cell phone coverage is notoriously terrible. Like, this can be a useful feature. But the way it's being pitched as a way to bypass using servers and get the data faster is stupid. It is. It it blatantly is. This can be good, but it not in that way. <laughs> but there's a reason why it's in the crazy idea segment of the show. Kind of like how Voodoo is also launching a new feature to let you cancel a movie rental while you're watching it. Just let that headline sink in for a second. Now, on one hand, I can see this being a great idea. On the other hand, I don't think it's a good idea for Voodoo to have this feature. Do any of you think this is a good idea? The answer is probably not. That being said, though, if the new Star Wars film that I have not seen yet, do not spoil anything, and I'm not going to spoil anything for you, 
if the new Star Wars film is as bad as some people are claiming it is, at least then, when the new Star Wars, Star Wars films makes me sad inside, I can at least get my money back and storm out of the living room like I'm storming out of the theater. By the way, if you do what is suggested in the chat, buying the movie The Room and then realizing you hate it and then cancel it, uh, you are incorrect. You absolutely should sit through The Room and realize you are watching an accidental masterpiece. It is amazing, and you must sit through it, no matter how much the cringe is. I actually should go back and rewatch The Room. That 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 was an accidental amazing film. Kind of like how an accidental amazing idea, even though it's on purpose, is the thought of a flying bus. A new startup called Skyrise wants to launch First piloted, but then self-driving helicopters to bypass local and highway traffic to go and offer basically sky taxis. Wow. That is... All right, you, you know what? I, I have no comments. I'm just going to watch and see where this goes. Don't you kind of want to see where this goes? This is either going to be amazing and be an evolution of how we travel in major cities or a, or a horrifying, terrible disaster that you will be glad you live nowhere close to. It's going to be one of the two, nothing in between. Having no good transition to this, I present to you the runner-up for the weirdest, dumbest story of the week. The company Puma has developed, and I'm not even exaggerating when I say this, gaming socks. We have officially hit rock bottom. Someone has made gaming socks. We have gaming monitors, gaming keyboards, gaming mice, gaming mouse pads, gaming headphone stands, Gaming microphones that are terrible. Do not ever get a gaming microphone. I will hit you with my with my spare microphone for buying a gaming microphone. And now, gaming socks. And no, there is no RGB. And yes, they are absurdly expensive. They cost $105! $105!
What competitive advantage do they provide you? None! They're socks! Do you get better at playing games by putting out? No! They're socks! They are freaking socks! My friends, I present you with my solution. You can either pay $105 and help tell companies that as long as you put gaming in front of anything, you will pay stupid prices for them, or you can be even more comfy and get $10 slippers. Like I wear. The choice is yours. Personally, considering the fact that I could actually probably find another server for $95, I'm going to save my money. Gaming freaking socks this is so terrible it makes me sad that this exists (sighs) and yes that was somehow not the weirdest story of the week this is welcome To the last burb, the last story of the day, the weirdest story of the week. The weirdest story of possibly all of 2019. A hacker has developed a mask that can, in fact, dupe. Facial recognition systems. This mask will, in fact, alter certain aspects of itself. Basically, brute force the location of the eyebrows, the cheek muscles, the nose, the everything. To basically brute force the IR blasters that do a 3D scan of the face that has a absurdly high success rate of breaching facial recognition security-based systems. Um, now, that being said, I don't see this being a good solution to bypass security it involves you wearing a a weird shape-shifting creepy mask i will say this much this might in fact be the creepiest thing i have ever seen and i have seen some really really creepy stuff in all my years of doing this podcast of being on the internet from just being in general. 
that's going to do it for this episode of Eagle Eyes on Tech. Be sure to check out our daily podcast, The Early Bird Briefing, that airs every morning at 4 a.m. at wherever you found this podcast. That's called The Early Burb Briefing on iTunes, on Google, on iHeartRadio, on every single major podcasting platform. And also make sure to check out my Twitch page at twitch.tv slash Eagle Falcon. We stream every Sunday, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Saturday. Take care, rest well, and hopefully we'll see you next time. So um, there's got to be some way to get around this because the last thing I need is for someone to put on this face and just get into my phone. Oh, wait, no, that's right. I have a fingerprint reader. Take that, iPhone users. Fingerprint readers for the win. Woo! We did something better than you. You know, on top of having a headphone jack.
Modern leaders, it's not just their ability to reason that we value or their eloquence. It's more than their intelligence that we admire. What truly matters is their humanity. Just like modern leaders, the LS is human at heart. Every aspect of the Lexus LS is crafted around you, engineered to a higher standard, the human standard. The new 2021 Lexus LS. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.